When something is coming at us, that is an emotional trigger, stressful, a deadline, most of us tend to jump and react. Or that's that gravitating without centering ourselves and thinking. And then we go in a stress response. Instead, the first step always is contemplation. Welcome to the What Up Doc University podcast, your number one resource for total body wellness. Here's your host, Dr. Mike. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the What Up Doc University podcast. This is Dr. Mike back on the podcast. And today we got another special guest. And I'm really excited to have this guest on and um, ran across her through Periscope. But also, I, I it was kind of by accident that I ran across her on Periscope. I actually saw actually one of her TED Talks. And um, so what... When I ran across her on Periscope, I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is the woman that I saw on on TED Talks. This is Dr. Romy, guys. She's she's a traditionally trained neurologist and um, board certification in integrative medicine. She helps individuals and audiences learn to heal from stress-based illnesses such as insomnia, anxiety, career burnout. Don't we all have that? That's like everybody, right? Listening to this. Her innovative program, Mindset Matters, is based on neuroscience positive psychology and mindfulness now listen to this she survived a career burnout and undergo uh, she went under underwent life-saving surgery traveled the world learning various um uh, techniques in yoga and mindfulness techniques Uh, she was featured on ted talk like i said and she speaks all around the country she currently is out there in orlando florida at the Center for Natural and Integrative Medicine. So let's welcome on Dr. Romy to today's show. Dr. Romy, how are you doing today? I'm well, Dr. Mike. Thank you so much for having me and for that introduction. Uh, What a blessing to connect with you uh, beyond Periscope and on your podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for taking out time on your busy schedule. I know how busy our schedules can be. And for you to take this time to speak to us and and the audience about your story and, and and share your knowledge is is a is a blessing on our part so let's dive right in talk to me about this because uh, w- when i when i first ran into you and I, I first uh when i first ran into you was through the ted talk it was about your career burnout and i know that we have a lot of listeners even myself included mm. that got through career burnout and and a little bit of kind of you know i was listening to your story and it touched me because a few years ago, I was flat on my back with adrenal exhaustion. Oh. Um, and, and since then, I guess it was an awakening for me. I saw this in a lot of other patients who are entrepreneurs or just, uh, just you know, busy moms, busy dads. Talk to me about that. Take us through that story. Well, you know, I'll backtrack, Mike, because you said thank you because I know you're so busy. And I feel here in the West for our podcast listeners that are listening in North America, busy has somehow become the socially acceptable norm. And when you're not busy, something must be wrong. And so as I think modern day uh, Americans, we are uh, juggling career, uh, a marriage, often children, uh, taking care of elderly parents, thinking I have to be busy. I Mm. can't sit still. And even if we're sitting still, we've got a smartphone in our hands and are checking social media (laughs) or playing on Periscope as you (laughs) and I do, right? And 
really, there is this lack of stillness to allow our mind and Mm. our body and our spirits to rest. And, you know, as a physician, I'm not alone in career burnout. I think what I was alone and unique in doing is coming forward and admitting it and sharing the story. And probably like so many of your listeners, I was in physically in the hospital working about 80 to 90 hours a week as a neurologist specializing in epilepsy because I'm supposed to be busy researching, seeing patients, giving lectures on my research, right. uh, teaching medical students. I didn't know how to sit still. And um, that's one part of it. I think the other part is while I am so thankful and loved every moment as a neurologist, the passion I have for neuroscience and my patients, what we often don't realize in life is that our purpose will often shift and change as we age, as the times change. And if we become stagnant in one place, it really hurts our minds and our spirit. And that's when these symptoms of career burnout um, start to take place. So for me, I, I have always been this kind, happy person. And my family and friends were noticing the personality change of she's just not that happy person we know anymore. And I am really embarrassed to say, Mike, it was starting to become like cynical in my patient office visits Mm. and had like no sense of self-accomplishment. So no matter, you know, what I was achieving, my, my RVU goals as a physician or seeing patients being healed or seeing research get published, I didn't feel good about myself and had really bad self-esteem. And so if some of these symptoms are resonating with your listeners that you're kind of becoming cynical in what you're doing, you've lost that passion and that fire and drive, or you you don't really feel a sense of accomplishment, even if they are all racking up their, you know, various modalities of success and measurements are, you know, in your favor and you're losing self-esteem, that's a sign that, oh my goodness, my soul, my spirit has become stagnant Mm -hmm. and a sign that we need to move. Otherwise, if we don't move, you and I both know what happens, Mike. You're sharing the story of your adrenal fatigue. Um, I had, you know, symptoms of achalasia that got made profoundly worse that required life-saving surgery. And so if we don't listen to our spirit, it manifests in illnesses in our mind and our body, actual physical illnesses, not something that you just imagine up. Yeah. And it's interesting that you you mentioned about the whole idea of being busy and and uh, not feeling fulfilled and, and your level of happiness decreasing. And I was just talking to a bunch of patients because you know we're at the start of the new year. People are making these New Year's resolutions and these goals, and it brought me back to that whole idea of when I went through my career burnout and. You know, we were always taught, okay, you know, you need these these accolades, you need to hit these benchmarks throughout your life. And 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 I hit those things. But like you were saying, that level of happiness just wasn't there. And so one of the things that you know I was talking with patients, I says, go back and look at your goals and make sure that your goals are actually your goals, not what somebody else told you you should be doing. You know, do you, uh, oh, do you so find well you said, find Mike. that? You know, with my clients, that's one thing is not what society or someone expects Mm. of you. That is so wise. And the second thing is, why do you want to do it? What is your why? You know, and when I hear 
maybe a superficial benchmark. And, and I'll even share something similar, you, you know, personal of mine is I was um, traveling um, fourth quarter of 2015 all over the country speaking mm-hmm. and got a little bit out of shape and gained weight. And I said, I don't like the way I look on television. I'm on, you know, Fox News every weekend morning doing the health watch segments. And gosh, how many of us, you know, men and women can relate to that? I don't like the way I look on camera or I you know, can't fit in my clothes. And when it's something superficial like that, that's tied to ego, we've all been there, myself included as a mindfulness teacher. But when your why is really coming from your solar spirit saying, you know, I want to just get healthy again so I can run outdoors and be happy and feel energized and, you know, to do the work I love doing or to play and run after my dog or whatever that may be. When there is a deeper why that's connected in the essence of love to your relationships, um, that is where I find people are more likely to be successful. For instance, one of my clients who's saying she wants to come in and have help with changing her mindset to lose weight, I asked her her why, and she says, my grandsons are five and seven, and they just got bikes for Christmas, and I want to be able to keep up with them walking or on a bicycle myself, and I'm so out of shape, I can't do that right now. That was a powerful why driven by love, a a great example. Yeah. What do you do when, you know, you're telling people that and they just can't figure out their why? They're just like, I have no idea. Well, you know, it's one of two things is when you can't get deeper into your why, it's exactly like you alluded to, Mike, that people are creating a goal that's more put upon them by parents, Mm. by a spouse, by society, by a boss, like meeting the sales goal. And it's not resonating with your own spirit and with your own truth. That's number one. The second thing is It's that busy brain that we were talking about earlier. You're so busy, you don't know how to stop and go within. And so in my, you know, both virtual counseling sessions and the ones that I, you know, do live here in clinic with uh, people that live in the Orlando area, we really do a lot of exercises where we are actually meditating and I'm teaching clients to silence the mind and go deep within. And I have a stepwise progression. I do that. And I have yet to find a client that I have difficulty helping them get to their why by the end of the session. I find the exact same thing, you know, working with patients out here. As a neural, you know, as a neuroscientist, as a neurologist and and being in practice on a day-to-day basis, let's talk about the whole stress aspect and how that impacts your body. Because I, I, I don't know where I read, I think it was in um, the Journal of American Medical Association where they said that over 90% of all doctor visits are stress-related. Absolutely. This is true. So, you know, Mike, I'll, I'll clarify. I'm in practice part-time now uh, You know, with everything that I have on my plate and I spend the other time either writing, I'm working on a, a first book and, you know, write for like HuffPost and Mind Body Green or also uh, speaking around the country. So it, I share this not to talk about what I'm doing, but to share this with the audience is that when you're doing something of purpose and you want to create that opportunity, you've got to open up your schedule to create that room. So for instance, for your client, you know, podcast listeners that are saying, I can't find time to exercise. Mm. Well, my my question is, is where do you take time out of your schedule to, to do something that is important to you, number one? And to get to your next question about the stress and its effects, When we have emotional stress in our brain, wherever that's coming from, 
it has negative effects on the mind and on the body. And one of the key things, since we're talking about the new year and the most common new year's resolution is to lose weight is Mm -hmm. that the myriad of effects. And if you want me to go into the chemical aspects of it here for your listeners, I can, or some people make neuroscience boring, okay, can lead to a lot of things like, you know, inability to lose weight or mood issues. So basically here's what happens. I call it like the airport traffic control tower of your brain, and that's the amygdala. Mm. It is the, you know, think of an airport and the air traffic control. They're controlling all the planes that are landing and all the planes that are trying to take off. So your amygdala is like the air traffic control tower of your brain. It is taking in everything, emotions, words you're hearing, sensations you're feeling, um, relaying it into memory and into if an action needs to be taken and sending it back out. And when we are under emotional stress, it's almost like you're starting to shut down the air traffic control center. And when we literally translate that into, you know, neuroscience, it's you are activating the fight, flight, fright response. And, you know, goodness, now if, you know, uh, I'm, I'm walking in the woods and that old adage and, and you know, a scary animal, let's say I'm frightened of snakes. So a snake, I see a snake and it's, you know, coming towards me, I want to be able to run. But when that, you know, proverbial snake in your life is something chronic, like career burnout, you're going through a divorce, chronic health issues, you know, that your, your air traffic control center of your brain just completely stays shut down. And that's basically called sympathetic response or sympathetic overload. Mm. So that air traffic control center, like the runways um, to the rest of your body and brain are the vagus nerve and the branches of the vagus nerve. They go all over your brain uh, to your gut um, and, and, you know, innervate key functions of our body. So what happens? You know, hormones are not going to stay in balance. You lose hormonal imbalance, ability to have energy. Your metabolism slows down. Your thyroid slows down. You know, in your gut, people get heartburn. Uh, symptoms of irritable bowel become worse. Um, you know, whole myriad of symptoms. And uh, and in the brain, these, you know, air traffic control center, if your emotions and memory can't be modulated, but the common things I hear are, I'm having difficulty sleeping, staying asleep, falling asleep, anxious, depressed. I can't focus at work, even, you know, after five cups of coffee. So really it's, Think of it as, you know, the sympathetic response is shutting down the control center of the brain and now multiple organ systems of your body, the entire body is shutting down with it. So when people are overstressed, like we all are, Mm -hmm. how do we get it back? How do we get that air traffic control to get back to work? What a great question, Mike. And, you know, I'm going to share something a little bit out of my Mindset Matters program because I'm a brain doctor. So I'm going to focus on the brain and I have three steps for your listeners. Okay. Contemplate, meditate, and then gravitate. Ooh, I like that. Mm -hmm. So here is how we start. First of all is contemplation. When something is coming at us, that is an emotional trigger, stressful, a deadline. Most of us tend to jump and react 
or that's that gravitating without centering ourselves and thinking. And then we go in a stress response. Instead, the first step always is contemplation. So for the busy brains, I often have people do a brain dump, you know, write a list of every emotion you're feeling, write down everything on your to-do list. Then once you kind of get rid of the negativity, the sludge, the worries, the fears, I want you to contemplate on gratitude. Uh, You know, we could talk the entire podcast about how the brain gets rewired. If you want to start opening up the, you know, uh, runways to the airport in your brain into the happy brain, it's one thing and one thing only will do it. And that's the power of gratitude. Mm. So literally is spending that time every day and being positive, concrete, and specific on what I'm thankful for. Like, you know, here's an example, Mike. Oh, Mike, thank you for having me on this podcast. Yeah, you know, that's somewhat positive and concrete. More specific is, Mike, I really want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule and to connect with me in Florida and allow me to share my passionate message about how the intersect of medicine and mindfulness can help people have a happy brain and a happy life. You know, much more specific. So when people say, I'm thankful for my family, well, that's beautiful. But how about to say, you know, I'm really thankful for my younger brother who came up this past weekend and helped me with my car repairs. You know, be very specific. Perfect. Um, So that's the contemplate is do a brain dump, get the negativity out and gravitate and and, and then uh, your gratitude. You know, so that's step one. How does that sound so far, Mike? So why don't you share something you're thankful for with me? So for me, I'm I'm thankful for for my ability to still be able to breathe, um, because when I was going through my my issue, I I was very short of breath, and mm. um, not being able to breathe uh, made me dizzy, made me just not feel in control. So for me, every and I do this on a uh, uh, on a daily basis in the morning. Is I, I wake up and I, and I sit in gratitude and say, you know, I'm very thankful that I'm able to breathe because my breath allows me to serve others, allows me to mm-hmm. um, experience other people, allows me to experience life and, and all of these myriad of, of things. And it allows me to see the world in a whole different light. And, and I think and I think back, I, I'm actually grateful for going through the episode that I went through because it allowed me to see the world as it truly is not what I thought it was. So, you know, you're being very, um, I mean, that was a beautiful gratitude, but could I help hone that in a little bit? Yes. Is that okay? That's perfect. Yes, please do. You know, I I, I feel the sincerity and that's such a beautiful story and all of that, but I want specific gratitude for that day. So what about today are you grateful for that your breath is allowing you to do? I want you to focus in the current moment. You, mm. you took me on a beautiful journey about the, your past and about what you hope to do in the future. What about this moment and today are you grateful for? So I'm grateful to be able to listen to one, to you, to listen to my family, listen to um, listen to my children and and see my children and not just not just have my children but be able to experience life with them you know, getting to watch them you know like I woke up this morning and I got to see my daughter get up got to see my sons uh, sit there and eat breakfast and just perfect you know and, and just realizing hey, <sighs> that this will this won't be here forever uh, meaning that their their childhood and 
it allows me to reconnect to to myself as a Absolutely. child. Absolutely. See, now, thank you for doing that with me, Mike, because you know what happened when you started to tell me everything you were grateful for mm-hmm. in your past and your present? It was kind of taking me all over energetically. When you specifically started to talk about your children having breakfast this morning and your family, it just grounded me here in this present moment mm. with you. And it shut off the busy brain of trying to think about your past and your future into right now, today of what's going on. And that's the secret of, I I think, a powerful gratitude practice is being positive, concrete, and specific. And about, and and is it more about the now than it is about the, the entirety of it all? Yeah, it, it's, you know, it, you know, like I gave that example, you're thankful for your family. But what about your family are you thankful for today? And you said, okay, this morning, yes. my children. So that was very concrete and specific rather than abstract. People will say, you know, like you said, I'm thankful for breath. Yes, I'm thankful for my breath too. That's very, you know, abstract in general. We want to be positive and specific. So today I'm thankful for my breath and that I can swallow so that I can talk to you on this podcast mm. and share my passion in this moment. Yes. And we breathe and we both are thankful for this breath in that moment. That is the power of gratitude, my friend. Love it. Love it. Thank you for that. Yes. And then, so the second step, should we get to that is contemplate. So once we have a happy brain, we've gone from busy brain to happy brain. Okay. The second step is to contemplate. So what does contemplation mean? Contemplation is the bringing the meditation into the practice. You know, Mm -hmm. so many of my clients, and I don't know about yours, Mike, will say, Doc, I tried to meditate and I can't shut down my mind. Well, we've gone through the, you know, um, initial stage, you know, of, of dumping out the busy brain and gratitude. And now we sit down to meditate, contemplate, and now meditate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, People ask me, and this could be a whole nother podcast of what's the right way to meditate. If any of your listeners just want a free guided meditation, they can go to my website, drromi.com and, you know, put their name and email and they'll get a free MP3 of a guided meditation. That's how I first started meditating almost 10 years ago. I didn't know how to silence my mind, Mm -hmm. you know, working as a busy doctor, I'm sure, you know, for you too, as as a busy physician. And so when I'd have to sit down and listen to someone reminding me to breathe and focus or taking me along and guided visual imagery, it really helped me to learn how to train my body and my mind to sit still. And now I, you know, meditate without a guided meditation and just on my own. Um, But that's a a really great way to start. So that's the meditation practice. And um, I tell clients, you know, you have to treat meditation like brushing your teeth. It's something you wouldn't leave the home in the morning without doing. Perfect. And, you know, God, I don't know if anybody has ever had that where you've left the house without brushing your teeth. It feels like really (laughs) funky and nasty and you run back in the house. I mean, that's how your brain and your spirit should be feeling like, I didn't meditate. I'm going to run back in the house, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And and that's interesting. You say that because I think we, we, we take care of our physical body more than we take care of our spiritual mental body. Amen. Yes. We don't take care of our mental health or our spiritual health. I think until life gives us a rude awakening yes. and you and I have both been there and you're like, Lord, I do yeah. not want to go back there. So I am <laughs> going to do my spiritual practice and my practice for my mental health. Yes. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that. So and so meditate. The step, and okay. so the last step is gravitate. Okay. okay? What does gravitate? So we, we did contemplate, we did meditate and now gravitate. Gravitate 
is, you know, that knee-jerk reaction we have in that stress response, whereas, oh, my pager went off. Let me go drop everything I'm doing and answer it now. Uh, I just got a text message or email. I'm going to drop everything and do it now. That's a knee-jerk reaction. When we're gravitating, we're doing so from a place of service. So, you know, every time I'm in conversation with someone or I, I stop and I ask myself, How can I be of service in this moment? You know, what is the best use of my God-given skills and my, you know, in this moment? And so in this moment, right, I need to be present on this podcast interview. I don't need to be text messaging and checking my Twitter feed, which I'm not doing, by the way, you know. But if you stop and you ask, how can I be of service? Everything just unfolds. And this shift happens in your brain where all of a sudden you don't feel like your schedule is controlling you, you are now controlling your day with grace and ease. And so the first thing I ask myself every morning when I get out of meditation practice is, you know, like God, spirit, Jesus, Buddha, you know, however your prayer is, show me how I can be of service today and then Mm. listen. And so I breathe and in every moment, how can I be of service? And it may be something as simple as, oh, I see my dog is getting antsy. Let me take him out for a walk, Mm. you know, or it may be, okay, I can be of service because I'm going in with this next client and I need to be present and listen. And at the end of the day, I always ask myself, how was I of service today? It's like doing this self-analysis. And like, was I present for at least one moment or one person today being of service? And when you shift your brain to that way, you go from busy brain to a happy brain. And that is the secret for a happy life, Mike. Love that. So let's recap that. Contemplate, meditate, and gravitate. Now, this is one question that I I wanted to ask you about the, the whole you know, busyness thing. What do you recommend when people are like scheduling out their day? How do they schedule? How do they figure out like, hey, these are the things that are the, the that are high, higher priority or, you know, what have you? How, how do you recommend going through that? You know, it's a team process, Mike. Okay. And so, you know, in your family life, your team may be your spouse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in my job, you know, I have a team and these are the people who are not just the yes men. You know what the yes man is, Mike, yeah. whatever you want. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. No. These are the people who from a place of love hold you accountable. In my life, it's Brittany, my virtual assistant. Okay. And, you know, she knows to keep me accountable. And we discussed what my priorities were. You know, that Sunday is my self-care day. Nothing should be on my schedule on Sunday. And if it's a travel day for speaking on Monday, then we've got another self-day care day scheduled in the week somewhere, right? That's an example of number one, know your priorities. Number two, have somebody or some system to hold you accountable. Again, it goes back to that basic thing. Would you leave the house in the morning without brushing your teeth? No, your breath would smell funky. You're going to get cavities. All your teeth are going to fall out, right? So think, what are the other things in your life that are that important to do for yourself, for your family, for your job? And, you know, have someone make you accountable. And so prioritize accountability. And the third thing is, is if you really are like, girl, I've done all that and I'm still too busy, 
I really ask you to do a time assessment of your mind numbing activities versus your mind full activities. You know, mindful uh. activity is I'm present at the dinner table with my family. I am walking my dog. Mind numbing activities is, gosh, I got on Facebook or Twitter or Pinterest 30 minutes ago, and I don't know where the time went. I've just been hitting like and share and tweet and not paying attention. That's a mind-numbing activity. And that is, I will tell you, social media is the number one place that I help clients find that free time. And, you know, the, the shift is miraculous. And it often means making painful decisions. I hold them accountable. They literally are holding their smartphone there in clinic in front of me and deleting their favorite social media apps off their phone. So that when there's a quiet moment where they can be doing something, even that being still the contemplate, meditate, gravitate, they're not mind-numbingly playing on their smartphone with a game or social media. Love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. That that clarifies a lot for I know for a lot of people. Now, <clears throat> as we wrap up the the rest of the interview, I'm gonna leave you with um our list of favorite things my favorite things questions this is a game i play actually with the kids oh okay yeah when i'm putting them putting them to bed at night well i I ask them what what's your favorite whatever you know oh this is fun i've never had to do this in an interview mike thanks and i get interviewed on a daily basis so i'm gonna take a breath here and come to the present moment so it's okay you already know the answers to these because it's your favorite thing okay so what's what's your favorite food for health Right now, I'm obsessed, not just favorite food, obsessed with avocados. Avocados. Yes. Why? Uh, You don't know. You know this, and I'm sure your listeners, a very healthy and tasty source of omega-3s. And those omega-3s are critical for brain health, the neurotransmitters that modulate mood and memory, and for hormonal health. And gosh, it tastes good. I am one of those crazy people that I put avocado on everything, like my eggs, my smoothies, my salads. I'll just slice up an avocado and um, shake salt and pepper on it. And my dog knows what I'm doing. He comes running to the kitchen and he loves to lick the avocado peels. We're both obsessed with avocados right now. That's funny you say that. I'm, I'm obsessed right now with avocado oil. Ooh, I haven't tried that yet. Tell me what you use your avocado oil for, Mike. Everything. Like okay. li- literally everything, salad dressings, uh, you know, we use it if, if I do any type of cooking with it, um, it, it withstands high heat if doing, you know, kind of high heat cooking, uh-huh. um, any type of thing that requires oil. Sometimes I just take it straight, you know, just take it in a spoon and I take it, you know, avocado oil. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to try some and I'll report back to you via Twitter how that went. Yeah. It's, it's great stuff. Okay, so uh, what's your favorite like nutritional supplement? Oh, you know what? I, I, if it's okay with a place from love and respect, yeah. I am going to pass on this. Okay. And here is why, Mike. I get this question often. And as an integrative medicine doctor, the, for me, uh, the responsible answer is it really depends on what the person, each individual, what they're going through and what they need at that time. I really am uh, worried about this culture that's getting created in the United States where there's the trendy supplement of the week or the month. You know, you hear it on TV or in the media and everybody goes rushing to the store and some people may not even need it. So with, if that's okay, oh, I'm going to pass on this no, question. That's perfect. I, mm-hmm. I always say, 
And the reason why I ask this is I, I, I always say that you know, we need to address biochemical individuality. Well said, Michael. You know, well- and I always stress diet for supplementation. Yes, yes. Nutrition and movement are like the foundation of, you know, your home, which is your temple, which is your body, yes. you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So with movement, said we said movement. What's your favorite like exercise routine or fitness regimen? Um, I'll share my current regimen is um, one is I must walk outside in nature without any electronic devices, typically with my dog to ground myself. So that happens every day. And then, you know, aside from that, I am on a a 30-minute cardio boxing rage right now. So that's my cardio high end high interval intensity training and I intermix that with yoga so everything for the mind body and spirit perfect Mm -hmm. what's your favorite way to start off your morning um that just moment where I wake up and I give thanks to God for that day and my dog just automatically wakes up and he's there like you know he kind of climbs up on my leg to give me a hug in the Mm -hmm. morning and wants to be pet it's just that stillness in that moment of remembering unconditional love. And then um, I get up and I, I have uh, every morning starts with about 45 minutes to an hour of prayer and meditation. Love it. Love it. What's your favorite like health book? Gosh, I have so many. Um, like, you what, know, are you, right, what are you reading right now? Right now I'm reading Super Brain by Dr. Deepak Chopra. Oh, um, love that he book. He is a visionary in this field. I find my, I feel I'm the, you know, next generation, you know, 30, 35 years ago, he started to talk about yes. all these concepts of Ayurveda and meditation and yoga publicly. And the medical community largely dismissed him. And so, yes, I, I really am obsessed with that book right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. Deepak was was the reason why um, I even chose going down the integrative path. In you know, during chiropractic school, I, I read a bunch of his books, and it yes. was like his books is the ones that really opened my mind. And absolutely, that. yeah. What's your favorite health tip that you would like to leave everyone? You know, when life gets overwhelming, take a moment and stop and close your eyes and breathe. All you need to do is inhale through the nose to the count of three. Hold the breath for one second. Open the mouth and exhale out a sigh. (sighs) To the count of four. And it'll bring you right here to this present moment, which is all that we're guaranteed to have. You know, when we're stuck in the past, it fuels depression. When we're constantly worried about the future, the next five minutes, the next five years, it'll fuel anxiety. But when we're here in this present moment, we are in truth and in that place of love. Mm, love that. And in Hawaii, we were brought up that the breath is life. Mm, oh, and yes. when we would, we would greet people, it would be, always be with the breath. And even mm. the word aloha, yeah. ha is, is, means breath, breath of life. And uh, it's, it's so important that, that, that you said that about breathing and how important. Ah, that's that. such a beautiful story thank you aloha my yes. friend beautiful aloha aloha so thank you thank you dr romi for spending this time with us and you know and divulging all of this information for you know the entire world for being who you are for, for being present with us today and 
uh, and all of this. Um, any last words you'd like to leave the audience? Yeah, it's been my honor to be of service. And just remember to take a moment today and just breathe. There you have it. Just breathe. Thank you again, Dr. Romy. Thank you, Mike. Such an honor to be here with you.